Well, good Sunday morning, church. Trying to find some announcements for you. A ladies' Bible study Tuesday morning. If you're on Staff Parish, we have a Staff Parish Zoom conference with Superintendent Reverend Heiss, Wednesday night at 6.45. Thursday is still a nurture meeting on Thursday, Carol? Yeah, that you had that last week. And then food truck helpers, uh, 1 o'clock on Thursday. And a reminder, 11.30 at the elementary school for uh, the dishes that you're making up because uh, the Ministerial Association is providing lunch for the teachers before they go back to school this week. Yes. I'm having a garden party at my house. Seeing some of the things that I've been trying to do anyway. See that? Well, time scheduled together. So, uh, Thursday from 3 to 7, just stop in, grab a snack, uh, stay for a minute, stay for an hour, stay longer. Uh, there's no particular time you have to be there or leave. And uh, come with a friend, uh, bring a friend with you. Everybody is welcome. I'm happy with my yard, and I'm excited to show it off. Phyllis? There's a spoon, There's a spoon up on Pastor, right there, he's holding it up. That was left at my house on our UMW picnic, so I hope you take it. Does, that, does anybody want to claim the spoon? Nobody? Last call for the spoon. Was, wasn't this the one I saw in that bread pudding? Well, that's a pretty big spoon right there. I won't make any comment. Young disciples. I can run a council meeting with no problem whatsoever in front of everybody, but being up here, whew, it's a lot different. So how is everybody this morning? Good? Does everybody know about armor that we wear? You wear sunglasses to protect your eyes, sunscreen to protect your skin. You, you wear your glasses so you can see, don't you? 
so you can protect your eyes, right? Sometimes we wear a hat and different things like that to protect us. Well, I have a little experiment here. This is an orange, and it has skin on it, right? When I put it in the water, what do you think it's going to do? You think it's going to float or sink? Think it's going to float? What do you think about that? Is it floating? Yeah? Well, I'm going to take another one, and I'm going to peel a little bit of the skin off and see what it does, okay? Is it still floating? Yeah. Okay, I took all of its protection off, all of its armor. You think it's going to float or do you think it's going to sink? You think it's going to sink? You think it's going to float? It sank. So the lesson today is without Jesus, we will sink to the bottom. But if we have Jesus in our lives, we will float. I have a Bible verse here. It's Ephesians 6.11. It says, put the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And currently in our world, we need lots of help against that devil because he seems pretty big and pretty strong, right? So there's more things that have protection. Look at this. This has two layers of protection. It's got a box. And then it's got individual. So there's two layers of protection on these things, right? So let's say a prayer. And we'll ask God for our armor on us at all times. Dear Jesus, thank you for each and every one of these little children and each of these adults out here. Keep us safe. Protect us with your armor. In Jesus' name, amen.
ashamed of what I've done, what I've become. These hands are dirty. I dare not lift them up to the Holy One. You plead my cause, you right my wrongs, you break my chains, you overcome, you gave your
Rob, how about an update on Cindy for joys and concerns? Got it? Okay. Yeah, she's still in the hospital. She called me this morning. They had to insert a, insert a drainage tube in her, you know, for fluid coming off her spine. But I'm more concerned the left arm. It's, it's not responding. I also was communicating with her this morning, and she wanted me to tell you that you have more concerns than her not coming home from the hospital. She's enjoying being in the hospital, running up those charges on your checking account. Uh, she didn't know that that online shopping could be so fun. Just saying. Jody, you might want to move over a little bit before lightning strikes him. I have a, a joy. We had a beautiful day yesterday for Trisha's bridal shower. Um, it was a little hot, but it was great. It didn't rain, Pastor Pat. <laughs> God uh, let that happen, so that was a beautiful time. And we're just um, you know, thankful for all of our family and friends that came out. Yes, I have a joy and also a concern. I do have my son, Jim, and his wife, Cindy, and their daughter, Brooke, here with me today. And it was, it's a joy to have them. And also, uh, my son, Greg, is having surgery tomorrow on his back, and I'm sure he would appreciate, we should all appreciate uh, his, the prayers for that. Thank you. Yes, I'd like to still keep my niece's husband, Joe Cooper, in your prayers. Uh, he's had brain cancer for a while. He sleeps about 19 hours a day, uh, getting very restless now, she said. So she's having a rough time with him. So please continue your prayers. I'd like to remind people that Norma Stevens, who was a former beautician operator here in our community, has passed away. So. I would like to update you a little bit. As you can see, Bruce is doing well now and recovering very well from COVID, finally. But on September 2nd, he has to have, um, I guess it's a laser-type surgery to break up a very large kidney stone. <laughs> so he'll be in McLaren Hospital just for that. And I have found out just last night that my brother Gail and his wife are COVID now also. So it's still popping up. Everywhere, isn't it? Any other joys or concerns? I would cover your prayers. My eye surgery that I was supposed to have last week, I didn't have. I'm supposed to have it this Tuesday. And I thank you for the cards and the prayers and the concerns over uh, Karen and I going north to 
the celebration of life of Diane Tompkin Birch's celebration of life. And last Sunday I had spoke to you about uh, my friend Louie. Uh, well, while he was in the care facility, he had a heart attack. Uh, so he had to go to the hospital. And then when he left the hospital, they put him in a different facility uh, where people could visit him. And uh, I visited him yesterday, anointed him with oil, had prayer with him, uh, said my goodbye to him. And a uh, short time later, uh, Jesus whispered his name. Uh, so we're going to do his celebration of life on September 1st. Uh, so before we go on vacation, we're going to, and it all seems appropriate that uh, on the day that the fishing vacation begins, I'm going to bury one of my oldest fishing friends. So uh, I praise God for that opportunity. Uh, Diane Bush is having surgery this week, so Diane, I ask that you would come up and I'm going to pray for you and, and anoint you with oil. If you would be in an attitude of prayer for a few moments, church. I lift up Diana to you as she prepares to have neck surgery tomorrow or on Tuesday. And Lord, it's in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit that I claim your healing over her body, that I claim healing over her nerves as she's quite concerned about this surgery. And Lord, we just trust in your steadfast love and care that you're healing touch will be upon the hands of her body and that you'll guide and direct the doctors that do the surgery. Father, your word says we need faith the size of a mustard seed and we can say to the mountain, be moved and the mountain be gone. Father, I have that faith. I'm interceding for Diana Bush that this will be a successful surgery for her and her body will be pain-free. I claim victory through the shed blood of Jesus Christ for healing to take place. Thank you for what you're going to do, Father. Amen. Lord, we lift up to you, Greg. And Joe and Bruce we lift up Cindy to you. That you make kidney stones disappear, Father. Dale and his wife suffer with COVID that you breathe fresh wind into their bodies. Lord, help us in our unbelief. 
you give us power in your name to have faith. We pray for those who have unspoken requests this morning. I think of Greg and Natalie and Todd as they begin the journey without their mother. I lift up our friend Mary who's struggling with COVID. We lift up all the educators that will be soon going back to school. There are unspoken requests. There are hearts that need to be healed and forgiveness that needs to take place. We have victory through Jesus Christ and through no one else. Father, we pray for our great nation and the turmoil that we see. We pray for the United Methodist Church. We pray for Afghanistan. We pray for Israel. We pray for those who are unsaved. That you might open up a door for us to plant that seed. Thank you for those moments of quietness besides others. And hear us when we pray as we pray our Father who art in heaven. Ushers, if you would gather this morning.
Father God, we give you praise and thanks for the abundance that you have shown upon us. We gather tithes, we bring gifts and offerings, we lay them on the foot of the cross, asking that you would touch them, multiply them, and allow us to continue to be your church. We have called us to make disciples of Jesus Christ, that we can transform this world one life at a time. We praise you and we thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. There. Am I on? Well, first off, I want to say good morning to everyone. Um, I was, what? Oh, good morning. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. Um, I was supposed to preach on Mother's Day, um, but sometimes life happens and unfortunate things come about, and I was unable to do that. So today you're getting a belated somewhat Mother's Day, but different version of that sermon. So I know for a lot of you out there in Facebook land, oh, yep, time for Junior Church to go, sorry. There they go. Usually I'm headed with them, but not this Sunday. For some of you watching out in Facebook land, I'm sure you're not quite sure who I am, but just so that you recognize me, I'm the dark-haired person wearing the hat that sits in the front row. I'm Pastor Pat's wife. My name is Karen. Um, I'm not only, um, my only, not only is my claim to fame being Pastor Pat's wife, um, but I'm also a mother. When I was growing up all the way through high school, my dream was to someday get married and raise a family, and, and I was blessed to be able to do that. I have been the wife of Pat for some 45-plus years, um, and yes, 45-plus um, years I've been married to the same man. Um, that may seem like a strange thing to say, but I have to tell you, one year we were at annual conference and we were having this conversation with this one lady and it came up and she told us, well, I have been married over 30 years. And we were like, so have we. And she said, well, wait a minute, to the same person? Yes, we have been married 35 years, 30 plus years, I don't know if it was 35, we have been married to each other, the same person, for that whole time. Apparently her 30 plus years had been married, uh, she was just accumulating the years that she had been married. She forgot to say in the beginning of it she had been married like to three different fellows and thought that was quite unusual that we had been married to the same person for as long as she'd been married for like 30, you know, to three men. So I just found that very interesting. I still do. <laughs> but uh, my other claim to fame is, is being a mother. I've been a mother for quite some time, decades and decades, more decades than many, but not as many as some others. Um, I remember the first time I became a mother. It was in January. It was cold. There was a hint of blizzard that was soon to come in the air. Pat was in boot camp at the time. So I was living with my father and my sister 
Judy, right there in the second pew. Um, my mother and my father were divorced, so it just made more sense to live closer to where the hospital was at, and that was with my father and my sister Judy. Oh, let's see, I lost myself. <laughs> so I was living with my dad and my sister, and the hospital was like 20 minutes away, so it was a good place to be. I was young. It was my, being my first pregnancy, I actually did not have a clue, but of course I thought I knew everything, that and beyond. It was the morning, it was in the morning, and I was doing a load of laundry when that first contraction hit. I thought, hmm, this is weird. I wonder, could this be a contraction? So I looked to see what time it was, just like the book, Pregnancy and What to Expect, the doctor's office had given me said to do. I decided then to look in the book to see what it said about what a contraction felt like. Just, you know, to be on the safe side. So, and this is what it said, I kid you not, ladies who have been there, a labor contraction usually causes a discomfort or a dull ache in your back and lower abdominal, abdominal, I can't say that, your abdomen, abdominal and your abdomen, along with pressure in the pelvis area, and I'm sorry, I'm going to say a word that we don't like to always to hear, it could feel like a strong menstrual cramp. If that's all it is, I got that, right? Small discomfort, little dull, no problem. A couple hours later, another one. And there's another one. And a little later, another one. Could I really be in labor? No, 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 probably not, because the book said they would come like clockwork, you know, at noon, then at 1, then at 2, and then 2.30, and then 3, then at 3.15, and 3.30, and then it would just work its way like that, because that is what the book said. And, you know, when I read something, I got to say, the Bible, oops, the Bible <laughs> says um, we're going to, you know, the end times we're going to have locusts come down and chew everything up. I believe that. We're going to have locusts with iron come chew us up. So, of course, why would I not believe what the pregnancy and what to expect would, would say about labor? <sighs> These weren't like um, what the book said. They were more erratic, so probably not in labor. And besides that, my back didn't hurt at all. Because, you know, <laughs> dull ache, cramp, back, no problem. So I didn't say a word to my sister or my dad. So now we're getting into the evening, and they're still not 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. They're still erratic. We're getting the evening, and my sister Judy notices my discomfort and asks what, if I was okay, and I told her what was happening. And of course, I followed up with the question, what do you think? Well, my sister hadn't had a baby yet, so she wasn't working with a, a depth of knowledge either, so we decided to call the hospital. I told the nurse, I assumed she was a nurse, what was going on, and she asked me, how far along are you? And I told her, I'm a month overdue, <laughs> but the pains aren't coming regularly. You know, not like the book describes. So she told me it was probably just the stomach flu. <laughs> and I said,
said, okay, phew, thank goodness. <laughs> it's past 10 now, and the blizzard has started. The stomach flu pains. The pains are coming more often, often enough for even me to figure out it's not the stomach flu. I must say the pain. Yes, the pain. When I was having our second baby, we were in the military. And I was at a hospital um, with a bunch of other pregnant ladies and uh, I don't know what she was, a nurse technician or something. And we were discussing what labor was going to be like. And I said, oh, it hurts. And she looked at me and said, labor does not hurt. It's, I don't even know what she described it. I had to, you know, I think the look on my face was like, what are you, you crazy? But, but you know, I hadn't had the first one yet, so I'm not going to move on to the second one. So, you know, the weather blizzard is coming, no worries, you know, we finally decide, hey, you know, I don't know why we didn't tell him sooner, maybe I should say something to my dad, but what would my dad know? He's only had, you know, four children. What would he know about labor, contractions, you know, what would he know? So, but we finally told him. So, we pile into the car. The blizzard is getting worse. I have no worries, though, because my dad could drive through anything, and he always liked a huge car, like a boat. So we're good. He's driving safe, slow and steady. It's all good. We're probably halfway to the hospital, and my father finally thinks to ask, how far along are your contractions? And I'm, from, say, from the back seat, oh, I don't know, maybe about five minutes. My dad replied with a, oh, my Lord, that's not what he actually said. Um, my dad wasn't really much of a church guy. He was, like, raised Christian science, so I have no clue if they, you know, spoke to, I don't know. But his response, like I said, I'm saying in a different way, was, oh, my Lord, and the second part of that 30-minute trip went a lot faster. You know, I have to give it to my dad for uh, me not thinking he knew very much. Um, he never left. He never left um, the waiting room because in those days they were sent to the waiting room. He never left the waiting room until that baby was delivered and he knew I was okay. I have to give props to my sister right here in front of everybody. She was in the delivery room with me, poor, poor sister Judy. I'm, I think that's probably why you had carpal tunnel surgery because she was the one holding my hand and, and I, I just, you know, you have superhuman strength when you're going through that kind of stuff. But I'm sorry, we finally arrived in time and despite that, on top of everything else, my doctor was snowed in at his home. Oh, it just keeps getting better. And couldn't get to the hospital. And even though my contractions were five minutes apart, um, that went all through the night until finally early in the morning, the deliverance from the pain and unknown labor came and the birth of our beautiful first child, a son, Ty, was born. Through the wonderment of pregnancy to the fear and turmoil and pain of labor, I knew that Christ was always with me. Christ gave me the strength to get through it. And when that process was over with, the most awesome event happened, birth. Not only our son's life, but of my own. With the delivery of our son, so began a new blessed adventure. God had answered my prayer, and the joy that I had hoped for my whole life had finally happened, motherhood. 
I have given this much thought. And I think there are times in our lives when it seems as though we are going through labor. Perhaps not with one where you end up with a baby, but labor with all the bells and whistles of the birthing process. And when that process is over with, when you have delivered, have deliverance from the trials, the tribulations, the uncertainty, the pressures, the unknown with what you have been struggling with, you find that you have been delivered into something that God has been preparing for you all along. Think back to your life sometime. Look at those times when you were quite possibly going through your own time of labor and finally delivered delivery. One of, um, I think of um, one of our, after birth, one of perhaps our biggest trials and tribulations in labor is puberty. Um, for those who are going through it and for the parents who are living through it is a, is a good example of the trial and uncertainty and the confusion and, and this is puberty. <laughs> you know, to me, that's one of our first great examples. For me, myself, I one day, um, after we were married, we were in Washington State, and Pat was out having a Bible study. He was always the seeker, um, looking for a path. And he was out having a Bible study with a fellow, and I was out in the living room with, at the time, our... Um, oldest, I was pregnant with our second, and the Lord said to me, Karen, someday you're going to be a pastor's wife. He delivered that message the same way he delivered the message. Karen, this is the man that's going to be your husband. And I accepted it without, without thought. Okay, someday I'm going to be a pastor's wife. All right. And I waited, and I waited, and I went through life, the trials and the tribulations. Just because he said that one day did not mean that I did not have to go through the labor to get to that point. And it took some years. It took a lot of years. But that day came, and my life was changed forever after that in a different and new way. You know, we are never ever promised a perfect, pain-free, no pressure, everything comes easy if you just ask for it type of life when we accept Christ into hearts. One of my favorite verses is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not because I think I can do whatever I want, but more so that when I am going through life, that Christ will be there with me to give me the strength to get through it. You know, if you don't give up, if you believe, if you have faith that Christ's strength will carry you when yours seems depleted, if you just hold on to Jesus, and when you finally get to the other side of labor and delivery that you're going through, you're going to come to this point when you realize that the word of the Lord is this, and you realize that it's true. If I'm bringing you to it, I'll bring you through it. And I knew, without a doubt, and I know to this day, whatever trial the Lord will put before us, and we've been 
through many. Some not as big, some are small. Only you know. And usually you don't know it when you're going through it. So that's why, you know, I'm a thinker and a ponderer, and I have come to realize that we have been through several trials. And once we were through it, realized the blessings that the Lord had for us throughout the way and finally to the birth of the new life. Um, I wish I had um, the words, um, more depth of thought to share those feelings with you because they're big. I just don't seem to be able sometimes to put the words to them, but maybe it's because it's more emotion than it is thought. I'm not sure. But, you know, is that time in your life going to be easy? No, probably not. Is it going to be life-altering? Probably so. And is it going to be worth in the end? Definitely. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the strength and for carrying me when maybe I couldn't walk. I thank you for the love that you give to all of us, Lord. And I thank that you that it's not about what we have. It's not about where we sit on the social ladder. It's not about what great things we've done. Lord, it's about you loving us just as we are and that we all have the ability and the chance with you to do something in your life for you. I thank you for that, Lord. Amen. Our next hymn is, Are Ye Able? (laughs) Are you able? I'm able.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for Karen's message to the church this morning. Thank you for the successful surgeries that are going to take place this week. Thank you for the healing that's going to take place this week. Lord, reach out your hand to the Souter family. Reach out your hand to the Tompkin Birch family. Let them see Jesus through those you put in their path. We praise you and we thank you. And God bless you, church, and may God bless America. Amen.